0: What's up, fellow car enthusiasts? Welcome to an episode of Behind the Boost presented by MA Performance. I'm your host, Charlie Mayne, and today we plan to bring you some of the behind the scenes of the automotive world. Today we go live with the co founder and VP of manufacturing here at MAP, Kyle. Kyle's been the mastermind behind the FDRX7, also known as the FDSM, our world record Evo, Civic, and so much more. He's been crowned the king of burnouts around here, and this was one of the most interesting podcasts that I feel like we've done to date. Definitely stick around, because you do not want to miss this one. Kyle, thanks for making the time to jump on the live with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, how's it going, guys? I mean, it's been pretty good for me. You've seen me around the shop a few times, but for the most part, working from home still. So um, as far as like that update goes, Daylon and I are there. It looks like you're at the shop now. How's everything going?
1: (laughs) As busy as it can be, I guess, but we're still, we're we're moving through stuff. So all you customers taken care of.
0: Yeah, no, and, and that's cool because it's, I mean, it's obviously uh, no secret now. We, I think we've talked about it on this live almost every week since everything got really hectic, but we're really busy. Uh, a lot of it is stuff that obviously you kind of oversee as well. So I'm sure you're even more just like going crazy right now. But <laughs> from my perspective, and I think a lot of other people's perspective, you guys are absolutely killing it, just keeping up with everything. And, you know, just on that part of things, making sure that customers get what it is the right way as well. And not just cutting corners to the products out the door. So I I think I saw last Friday you were, or maybe it was a different day, but you were starting to do some work on the talent. Was it you or was it somebody else who pulled that in?
1: No, that's Matt's. That was oh, my okay. that's my original. That was car. Kyle's. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. There's so many cars at the shop. Yeah. I'm like losing track of whose is who's currently and who sold it to somebody. <laughs> now it's theirs, but it still is in the same like parking
1: spot. Yeah, that 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 blue car is one of our flag one of our three flagship cars we started the business with. It's, yeah, back in our, it's back it's back at our business, which is kind of cool. I just yeah. told him he needs to make it faster than I had it, and I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, like, first uh, it has to start. It just has to start. I ran for a little bit, then he took it back apart. I don't know. I don't know what
0: he's doing. DSM stuff. <laughs> yep. How fast was it? I guess I wasn't here when
1: that car was, you know,
0: making numbers and whatnot.
1: I mean, I mean, to this day and age, it's not that fast, but you know, sure. I think it was, I don't know, 14-15 years ago. It went 990s at 149. We kept breaking axles. So we had this kind of baby down of the hole and it wouldn't get into boost until the 330 mark. And it still okay. still went nines at one you know 149. And at night I bet that thing was a 165 mile an hour car on a cool day. That was a humid 95 degree day, and we couldn't use the power until the 3:30. So yeah. at the time, that was that's it's going to mess everything up it runs into when it comes to the speed of that car. So obviously it's uh, advanced quite a bit in the last uh, last you know 14 years. But yeah, that car was I love that car. I race that. I street race that thing. I. <laughs> Drag race that thing. That car was just a riot to drive. It was a good car.
0: I've only had a chance to drive maybe a handful of Talons before. A lot of my friends had them going decently fast. Not not that fast, but they, I mean, they were quick. To me at the time, I just remember, I mean, back then, a lot of my friends didn't know anything about building cars. So they do it, you know, incorrectly and blow stuff up all the
1: time. So it was always
0: a a fun car to be around, though, because when it when it was working, it was working.
1: Yeah, they were definitely interesting technologies came such a long way. Uh, That car actually had the first billet turbo precision ever made on it. That's how old it is. And a a 71 uh, GTQ precision turbo, which (laughs) was like, People said it wouldn't spool, it wouldn't work, it's not going to work, it'll never get into boost, and it did work. But it was that's just how far. I mean, now there's turbos, you know, uh, you know, like a 3582, like a modern one will probably make the same amount of power as that turbo would do and spool instantly. So yeah. like, in comparison, and then the ECU was, I mean, DSM link, hilarious how slow you command a rev limiter and then it would just go past it by like a thousand RPM. because it couldn't keep up with the speed of the acceleration of the engine. So at least back in the day, they've done a lot of advancements since then. But obviously, this was a long time ago where stuff was pretty archaic. Uh, We all know Circle. Circle says S10 burnouts or he's not watching the live today. (laughs) I wish I could. It's all taken apart. I just got the uh, roll cage all painted and I'm working on that portion to make it safer at 150 miles an hour. So I got yelled at at Power Cruise last year by the guy that runs at GUP. And if Gup, I've never been yelled at by Gup for doing something reckless. And huh. appara- apparently crossing the grandstands at BIR on the long straight, doing a burnout at 150 is frowned upon. Apparently like so this year I stepped it up quite a bit. I don't want to, That was kind of dumb. I probably shouldn't have been doing it, but you get caught in the moment doing something dumb and, and nothing happened, but obviously it's, uh, this year yeah. I'm good to go. <laughs>
0: right. They just don't want you setting a bad example.
1: Exactly. I just kind of thought it'd be
0: maybe a good idea, uh, Kyle, for a lot of people who don't know you, um, maybe you could let us know a little bit. I mean, obviously at this point we've picked up that you've got some pretty fast cars and you like to do crazy burnouts. but, uh, (laughs) what else is there to, to Kyle that we need to know? I mean, maybe a little bit of your history about, you know, map and, you know, startup of that and everything. Um, just kind of help everybody who's watching us get to know you a little better.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we started in 2006. Um, me and the, the the ceo chris carey uh we were joking we sit in his town home one day i was i worked at another performance shop um in minnesota that since closed down um i worked for him and i was actually working on chris's car i was friends with chris's brother dan um okay. so we, we graduated together and i actually built dan a s10 with a v8 and when i was 15. we built the motor um afr heads and a bunch of other stuff done to it um you know at the time probably 450 horse so it was pretty okay. Pretty pretty cool for a 15 year old. He got a loan and we built it my dad's garage and then uh, and then that's how I met his brother and then we went to uh, I was working on his car at this other shop and the shop closed down. And then I kind of basically took his project on in my parents' garage when I was 18. 18 or 19, I took it along in my parents' garage and I was doing work like that. I would earned a reputation of building you know Mitsubishi's and uh, that's all we worked on at the time. You know, 3,000 GTs, Mitsubishi's, Glants, And I was building him. He was trying to make the highest horsepower DSM at the time, like 500 horsepower was the threshold we wanted to cross. And he's like, I want to smoke that. I want to make as much as I can. Uh, So we started building that car and I think he had a, a red second and then we made a 687 wheel when everyone else was making 500. Wow, this was a long time ago. I mean, this (laughs) is
0: yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference when everybody else is hardly touching 500, you know?
1: Yeah, 500 was unheard of, and yeah, we made 687. And then I kind of and then me and him, I just was working on his cars, working a bunch of customers' cars that left his shop. I kind of took them on, and then one day we're just joking. He started a little part sales business out of his town home, and we're like, I wonder, be like, maybe we should start a shop, you know? You can build the cars, I'll sell the parts, like, let's just do it. We're like, haha, that's funny. And then all of a sudden, the the next week, me and him are just in his car, in his G35, driving around, trying to look at shops and which ones would let us have a dyno because we decided we needed a dyno and that's the only way we can do this. And Yeah, and then uh, we ended up starting a shop with having no clue what we were doing and how to do it (laughs) besides just uh, make it work.
0: And so at this point in time, it's 2006, maybe some of the other stuff was 2005, or I'm just trying to get the timeline. Yeah,
1: that was yeah 2005 is when that kind of started working through that. And then 2006 came and then me and him eventually some shop, which was a long way away from me. I lived in Prescott at the time and I don't know if it's about a forty five mile drive. So at least an hour centered through the city to get to the opposite side of the city where the shop was. So that was pretty entertaining to to work, do that every day. And yeah, and then we started a shop up and we just worked on broken DSMs essentially like (laughs) clutches and upgrades. And there's lots
0: of those. That's (laughs) not not a lacking (laughs) shortage of work. No, no, I'm gonna gonna make all the DSM guys mad here today. I'm sorry.
1: No, they would all come to us with like uh they'd have like a a tray like a cooking tray full of all the bolts, like a cupcake tray. And each one had their single
0: Ziploc bag.
1: Yep, all all the time. Yep. And just yeah make it work. Harnesses all pulled apart and like halfway through a swap and We did all that kind of work and we, Chris actually still worked at, he sold cell phones at the time and he was going to college and working, selling cell phones. And I was there by myself, arms in a car, answering the phone and just working on cars. And eventually we just bought a dyno and then we started dyno stuff and then we bought more lifts and then we hired uh, uh, Alex, which is our engine builder. And then we just kept advancing on our skills and what we could do. And and then then we ended up uh, buying another space a larger space because we ran out of space. And then we bought a CNC machine and then an all-wheel drive dyno. And then we started, uh, basically, we've always built race engines because that's what that, the shop that I worked for originally, that's what they did a lot of is building, built 463s and we just carried that on. And then it's basically, eventually we are like, we outsourced all the machining and we'd assemble them all. And then we moved on to buying all the equipment ourselves and like, hey, now we're going to learn how to machine stuff. Cause I don't want right. to, I want to have all the control cause we weren't getting the quality we wanted. We wanted all the control. Of right. how to get it to what we needed it to, to be yeah um so then we moved on to uh machining all of our own stuff the in in our new shop our second shop because the same building just had another space and then i think we started having some success i think my blue car had ran um 990s right in the beginning it made that one made 709 front wheel horsepower in our front wheel drive dyno which um like i say, that was another threshold he crossed the 700 horsepower mark and the um, blue that, car
0: again, just for people who don't know what the blue car is.
1: Yeah, that's a. It was a '93 uh, Eagle Talon. Yeah, I, I actually bought it from my old boss. He he actually, you know, just kind of left town and he left me the title. But the car literally was a dash, a front subframe, and a wiring harness, and like the bumpers and the headlights. That's all the car had in it. I nice. actually had to take another car and turn that car back into a full car. Wow, but it was but it was clean, so that at the time it was a you know less than a hundred thousand miles, super clean car. So that's why I wanted it. And luckily, he left me the title and before he left town. So yeah, I, that's that's how that one started. And then from that point on, once you started machining stuff, then we're like, well, let's let's go for some more records. We uh, uh, at the time we uh, if people aren't familiar, we built something called the FDSM. We're like, hey, let's do some crazy motor swap. I've always been to motor swap. That's why everything I own is modified or swapped. I mean, literally everything. Yeah. Not excluding my camper. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, So then we decided to do that um, just as a showcase to our skill set. Like, hey, we can make power. We, we're, we're making more power than everybody else. We can make power. We're like, what car should we use? And then at the time, we just, RX-7s, Just there's good looking cars.
0: They still are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's one of those cars that like everyone can, they're, they're rare. So not everyone has them. And right. it looked really cool. And then we went on some random auction site and found one with no compression and spent like seven grand at the time, which we thought was like the biggest amount of money to spend on a car that doesn't run, you know, and, and then completely gut it and turned it into a race car at the time was like we, we were taking a lot of risk. We felt yeah. like, like, These I don't know sorry if this were you, crazy. And the thought it was to take a lot of risk. And then, of course, when we did it, we're like, well, let's put a huge turbo on. If a 71 millimeter turbo will spool, Let's try an 80 mil turbo and let's see how much power, we because our goal right off the bat is we want to make a thousand horsepower. Like a, I'm going seven, I'm going right to a thousand. That was our main goal. And then we ended up building that car, barely getting it running before like a shootout. And we went out there and it, it the converter was wrong as auto swap and couldn't get it to come out of the hole. And it, it still went like 12 fours, like 154. On its oh, very God. first pass, yeah. so they couldn't get out of the hole, and then right. obviously, then we worked our way up and dynoed it, and for the longest time, it couldn't break the thousand horsepower through an auto. It made like nine ninety seven or nine eighty six, and then right. you just couldn't get the tires to do what we want, and then uh, right spraying VHT on them trying to get them to stick on the dyno. Yeah, because it was still an IRS car at the time, so we moved it up to a, uh, and then we were like, well, we just need to go fast, and we think we got the car running like, uh down to I believe a nine. 30 or 940 at like 154 in, in the quarter on these little like 26, 1050s. Uh, okay. you know, with an IRS, you know, I just basically do a burnout the entire way down the track, you just kind of kind of keep it keep it from hitting the wall. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, and then one day i have never back half a car before. I mean, I built, I mean, in our original shop, I built the swap subframe and everything. I used a sawzall and a chop saw and a MIG welder. So, and but I big. you know, you know, but I made it work. I'm very particular and I'm very uh I work with I can do the best work I possibly can with what tools I have available. I've always done that. Yeah. Um, and then as I advanced, um, we did better and better. And then that same shop, once I started doing those swaps. I'm like, well, I've always been a welder. I've been a MIG welder for a long time. Like, I'm going to buy a TIG welder and teach myself how to TIG weld so then I could teach somebody else how to TIG weld so that we could start making stuff because we didn't want to sell anybody else's parts. We're working on cars. Like, let's make some stuff. So then we decided to make some stuff. and then we started uh building engines making stuff and then we started tig welding all kind of all at the same time and i think that then we then i go well i'm gonna try to back half i never back half the car in my life and i'm like i'm gonna back half this rx7 and got that all figured out we bought all the parts got it working and and then we like i say all the stuff was the same setup and then we uh Got a full cage in it and got all that stuff done. And then we went out and ran it. And I think that we went out to E-Town in New Jersey. And I want to say, man, I don't know when this was. They moved the DSM shootout and it went to New Jersey for one year. And we went out there and we qualified number one. So we had the fastest car at the track. We ran our very first eight. We ran 880s. Uh, I want to say at 100 and, 165, I believe. And it was, it, was, it was such a hot, crappy day. The track was just ruined because it was like 105 degrees and humid. Um, and like we let off at the thousand foot mark, we qualified number one and the number one trap speed at the day. I don't remember if we won the event or not, but I know that it was significant. It was a really hard day for everyone to race because it was so hot and that really carried us forward. And uh, then everybody's like, well, what's in that? I want to build that. And then, uh, then we got into Evos, you know, Evo 8.9s. And then we're like, well, I bought a, I actually originally bought the Evo Nine not for our shop car. That was never the intent. And yeah. it, we were I bought it because I'm like, I want an Evo. Like, we build 4G60s all the time. Like, the Evo is the new thing. And me being me, I'm like, well, I'm going to mod this thing so much, I don't want to buy a stock car. Right. <laughs> so right. I went, we went out to I, on some auction website. I bought a uh, $7,000 yeah. roller okay. <laughs> with nothing. It was like a theft recovery. So the body was right. mint. Uh, it had sure. like 50,000 miles on it. And then we basically I was building it up myself, and I got this car like – pretty much almost running and then you know me and Chris were going hey man maybe we should turn this into a shop car and i'm like well i just bought this for myself i don't really want to yeah. <laughs> i want to you know i want a daily driver and that's what i wanted cuz i've been working so hard and then he ended up trading me a another, we had a FD, another FD RX-7 that had an LS swap in it. Um, it was a stock, like a six liter, and it was, that was almost done too, and he's like, that was one of our, our shop cars that we were building, and then we realized that that's not really our market, so we ended up trading those two cars. He traded, yeah. he gave me some money for the Evo for the RX-7, and then I finished the RX-7 and the Evo, so, like I said, then that, that was the point where we were like, the RX-7 just made a thousand wheel horsepower at that time. We ended up running, getting it all the way down to eight ones, one seven 71, and that was a full King Street class car. That was DOT tires. That was uh, that was windows. You know, rolled up and down as a power sunroof. I mean, it was a legit uh, King Street car, which is a little different, a little more difficult because there's weight constraints. But we were hardcore at the time into like. I've never been a hardcore race car guy. I want to drive the vehicles. If I want a fast car, I want to drive it. You know, we don't do it much anymore, but back in the day, we did a lot of street racing. Um, So that's what we used to do. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. And then that kind of, you know, and then, then we go to the Evo. We made a, you know, our goal is a 1,000 on a, you know, we're just going to, we're going to make a 1,000 horsepower. We built the motor um, at the time, actually. I actually machined the motor and assembled it at the time. Oh, okay. uh, obviously, I haven't assembled the, I mean, I assemble engines all the time, but I haven't uh, done that for our shop for a number of years. Right. And then, you know, uh, I think uh, I designed the manifold, and I think one of our fabricators uh, welded the manifold together. And then we did all the other, you know, components car, thought about the airflow, ported the head. Right. Uh, so on and so forth. And then we ended up making uh, 1,053 wheel horsepower on a stock ECU. And then pretty much after that, that kind of sealed our fate uh, to everybody going, hey, I w- we broke the four-digit mark. Uh, and they at the time, and no one had done it at the time. At the time, there was, like, you heard, like, a rumor of a guy that has, like, a dyno graph, a little spike in it that went over a 1,000. And then we came out, and ours was, you know, I think it was 1,800 RPMs over 1,000 horsepower. So it was, like, it wasn't, like, a little fluke or a little… Okay. Uh, you know, a little it happened happen to that.
0: spike that high for a brief second. You know, it yeah, like, and, it.
1: yeah, it was a legit power number, and it was. It took a long time for people to end up uh, beating that. But everyone goes, I want that motor. If you guys can build motors that do that, I want that. So then that really started. We really started taking off on building a ton of engines. Um and that's then we're starting like getting into the parts game. So now we're building engines. We're working on cars. We're now at this point we're selling a ton of parts. Right. We have you know, we have a little warehouse above our other. Th- at this time we bought our third shop in that same you know same building. We bought the third one. And then like I said, then after that, then uh, we were like well let's you know let's start I guess fabbing some stuff. And our very first uh, product, I think it's a question that you had for me. A very first product we ever made was uh, Evo. An Evo 8902 eliminator. I had been making O2 eliminators for DSMs for a number of years, and we were using aluminized steel and we were MIG welding them at the time. I mean, they were good MIG welds. We were pretty good at MIG welding sure. at the time, but that was our expertise. And uh, so we made those, and uh, a lot of the companies were using aluminized steel. And then we started making those products. And I'm like, you know, since we're making the DSM O2 eliminators for local customers, and we're like, well, what if we made an Evo O2 eliminator for the Evo 89 instead of this O2 housing stuff? And Made it full three inch all the way through external dump external wastegate. Then we started making off, and I think those we to this day we still make those downpipes. They still sell well. Yeah. Um, we've been making those for years and years and years, and uh, they've evolved uh, from you know something that was a MIG that encoded with VHT paint, uh, <laughs> to like these you know these CNC uh, flange. i um, just beautiful works of art that we've you know uh, over the years have kept you know pushing the line to gain skills and gain uh gain the machinery in order to do. Uh, the stuff that we're doing. Yeah, and then that, that, that kind of set us up. And then uh, we made a big decision. Uh, once we got to a certain point, we're like, we need another shop, we're out of room again. We don't want to pay rent to someone for nothing. We were paying a lot of the time for rent and we're like, we don't want to do this anymore. And then we got, all of us were sick of driving to Plymouth every oh, single sure. day. We all lived in con- the other side of the cities that we we're from and let's just start a shop in our hometown. Uh, we yeah. happened to find a vacant warehouse that was brand new, that had nothing built out in it, and we got a really good deal on it. And then uh, I remember signing the paperwork. Me and Chris were signing it. And uh, I went to the meeting with him, and we were like, are we going to be able to do this? <laughs> are we going to yeah. be able to afford this? Can we make this work? So, I mean, it was a big – it was a 20,000-square-foot warehouse. And, uh, right. and then, uh, yeah, and then we came here and we really doubled down on what we were doing. We hired more staff. We bought more inventory. We uh, kind of just went – all the way, and we actually ended up stopped working on cars soon after we moved to this big shop and we set up working on cars. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the business took us a different route, and we were it's creating a ton of uh headache for us. We were selling so many parts and making so much stuff, we just couldn't divide three businesses into one, yeah. so we decided to give up on the, the one that created us the most uh, uh the most pain. Um, right. and then working on people's cars, is at the time we were too big, everyone. You get to a certain size when you're working on cars and then uh they just assume that anything goes wrong with the car for the rest of the life of it, you're kinda it's There's on that. you. Yeah. And then they, and they're like, it's no big deal to you guys. You guys are a big company now, so you guys can just right. fix my car. And it oh, it, it ended up uh just becoming more of a it wasn't it wasn't worth the effort. We weren't, you know, we were building the engines or building their full cars and repairing. A guy built brings a car in here, the motor blowing up, it blew up for a reason and yeah. uh generally speaking it's because there's a bunch of other things wrong with the car the fuel system the induction system and so yeah. on the tuning and everything and then once they're all said and done you're not expecting to fix all that stuff and you end up having to do it but we made a choice and we 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 doubled down on our manufacturing here and then uh and, and then you know bought another CNC machine <laughs> and then started making a ton of billet stuff and uh supporting our fab team uh then we eventually bought some mandrel benders um, and Then we started mandrel bending our own tubing because we were using so much stainless steel that we needed yeah. to, we couldn't buy bends anymore because it was becoming unrealistic to order a couple hundred bends from each vendor at a time and hope we get them. So then we started doing that. And then we also, you know, then we warehouse more, hired more people. And and now today we're kind of, and now we're just rocking and rolling and keep every year yeah. I'm surprised by how much we grow and how much uh, more business we do and how better, you know, we become better every single year.
0: Right. Well, and I'm obviously newer here, but the more I learn about the history, it's like the more I realize it's just like been a hold on and uh, it's just kind of continually gotten busier. And um, fortunately, you know, you and Chris and everybody else on the leadership team is, you know, really knowledgeable and they're able to make great decisions. So it looks like we do have a ton of comments here from people so far that I want to get (laughs) caught up on before we get into some more stuff. Um, I'm gonna back it up though a little bit. It looks like uh, Lauren Darrell, he's uh, left us quite a few comments. I just kind of want to run through this. First off, one caught my eye that he recently left that he, I mean, he's got all kinds of vehicles. He's got, he's owned a 90 FC turbo two, three FDs. He lived in Japan for four years, currently has a 14 uh, MR right now. Said basically found us looking for Evo parts. Uh, (laughs) Looking for Evo parts, stumbled across us. Looks like he said he also used to have a Tommy Mackin edition, Evo 5 and a stock Evo 5.
1: Yeah, those have cool uh, turbos out was- of those Tommy Mackins have some pretty cool turbos on them. Back yeah. when we used to build turbos, so they have titanium impellers and titanium aluminide uh, turbine wheels. They're pretty they're pretty sophisticated for that age of car.
0: Um, but, Lauren, Daryl did have a question for, for you, Kyle. He said he's wondering if you've ever worked on an old Apache. What do you think of them? My cousin's obsessed with those trucks. He had an 04SF.
1: Like a Chevy Apache, like the super old I'm, ones?
0: I'm guessing it's not the helicopter.
1: No, 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 like the Chevy <laughs> Apache, like, yeah, the 50s. Yeah, I never worked on, on any of that. I mean, the uh, old car-wise, we've done a resto mod '69 Camaro, and I've done some old other old cars, but yeah, some G body stuff. I'm most of our stuff that I've ever done is usually modern stuff. I'm definitely a swap guy. I swap everything I own that I've ever owned. It's got some sort of built motor or it's been swapped. I love doing engine swaps.
0: We did get one question here from Corey. He says, "How are you going to get Kyle to go compete against Cletus at Burnout Masters?"
1: Well, so I am going to. Cletus and cars on in November, and he's going to get smoked by me is what's going to happen. He's got, <laughs> he's got no chance. He's Somebody
0: got uh, Cletus in the comments.
1: I already tagged Cletus in a couple burnout videos and I challenge him a couple times. I mean, I, I love what he does. He's a great guy. He's always out there having fun when yep. it comes to burnouts though. I've had a lot more practice and I'll go <laughs> way harder. If I have to go to fifth gear, I will.
0: <laughs> if I've got to <laughs> grab fifth, I'm reaching. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Brad was wondering if we do etune stuff, Brad, we don't. Um, Is there anywhere, I mean, depending on the platform, I'm sure you guys have different people you'd recommend. Yeah, there's a million of them out there, depending on the platform, depending on what you're trying to get out of it. um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a million options and yeah. Uh, Well, we've got some more comments, but I did want to kind of transition here before we address every other one. While we were talking about burnouts and stuff, Kyle, uh to some people it's just controlled chaos to some people it's an art form uh but to for you i mean how did you how did you get so good at doing burnouts? You just did a lot of
1: them or what uh, you know so ever since I was a kid i mean this is the i'm gonna start off in the beginning of why and i don't know why um because i've seen I've re- also
0: videos of your your brother doing some burnouts he, and- my, well he learned it
1: from me. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, so my very first vehicle I had, I don't know how I got in it, but I had a 71 Ford F100 that my dad had. Uh, I worked for my dad for the summer and he ended up, uh, I earned the truck from, I think I paid like $600 for it. Nothing fancy, but I, I earned it uh, yeah. and it had a three on the tree shifter. And then we converted it to a four or a three on the floor shifter. And my dad couldn't get it working right. So that was kind of what I started working on and figuring out how to you know, use it. And then we ended up, I kept driving around the neighborhood when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. And keep in mind, we, lived, we didn't really live in the country. It was like it's a normal sure. neighborhood. And it's yeah. frowned upon to be driving a, a car around when you don't have a license. Uh, so they bring it up to my grandparents' house up in northern Wisconsin because uh, cause I could drive it there. I mean, not sure. theoretically, but they had yeah. their own road. I mean, they, they had a farm, so they had their own farm road. Yep. Uh, and they let and they, and there was no one to do anything. So they let me drive it there. So I thought burnouts were fun. So I'd, you know, V8 and rev it up, drop the clutch and do burnouts with the one wheel wonders. And I'd always be doing burnouts. I thought that was the most fun you could ever have in a car is doing burnouts. And, uh, and then I ended up taking a little washer fluid tank with some bleach and, you know, you'd have a button in there and it would spray bleach on the tire. My grandma got mad cause I stole all of her bleach. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. I started just doing burnouts and I've always been into race cars and all that stuff. But I, I just, if I could go up an on-ramp and you know, high power V8 or something, paint lines all of the on-ramp, it'll it, it make my day. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just like a, I'm a little kid inside. Just like, I can't get enough of burnouts. So I could watch them. And then, uh, that v8s 10 that i was telling you that i built that 355 with afr heads uh during my yeah. graduation party i told my mom i worked from when i was 15 till i graduated in this truck like i built i didn't buy we, we were poor we said uh, whatever we could make work we had to make work so we built yeah. everything with our mig welder and i was like you know what mom it's my graduation you know i feel really proud of this truck can i do a burnout in front of the house in our suburban neighborhood that we lived <laughs> in and uh my mom was like super mad did not like burnouts but she let me do this one and And knowing me, I was going to take everything to, you know, there's a, there's a line I'm going to 12. I just did the biggest burnout ever trying to pop the tires in front of my house and then did a burnout all the way down the road. Uh, And I, and that's kind of just, that was what we did. We basically, we didn't really care about the racing at the time. It was more about, I want something fast so I can do (laughs) burnouts.
0: I've got a buddy who just, uh, he's building, he's been building, it runs and drives right now and everything, but he's been doing work to it to make it a little better, but he's got a Datsun truck. I, I don't know the exact model older one with uh with an ls junkyard motor in it and I've i mean seen it. it's like the most addicting thing that he's ever owned ever and i mean he just can't stop doing burnouts like everywhere i mean like we did one in his driveway you <laughs> know like cities <laughs> you know like he's done them all over the place everywhere he goes he can't help but do burnout for people who don't like own a rear wheel drive car or they have an all-wheel drive car where burnouts are just harder you gotta have a higher number to do one Uh, you know it's 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 just it's something that it's just fun you it's just like good-hearted fun you know it's not as i don't know that it's as serious as racing and so it's still fun on all aspects
1: it, it see that it's it's weird because it's getting there with yeah, seriousness. True. Um, the prizes are going up. and uh, right. I mean, my intent with my s ten that I currently have as my burnout rig, I didn't intend that to be a burnout rig. I intended that to be a four hundred horsepower a little bit of steering angle improvement, uh, like a drift. Yeah. I just want to go out there and have fun with my friends. I raced for a number of years. We did a ton of racing. I'm like, I just want to go out and not worry about it and just have some fun. Every time I go out there, it's like you bring the race trailer, you bring all the tools, and everyone's got a job to do, and everyone's got to so on and so forth. I'm like, let's just have some fun. Right. And uh, in, in, in my true nature, I don't know. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to build something simple. And now I have a completely custom chassis, LSA swapped. What's left of an S10? I mean, very, very little of it's left. Um, An emblem, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) The what? An emblem? Yeah, the emblem. Yeah, well, it's a Sonoma from the front, actually. So it's got a little bit of, it doesn't know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually the longest vehicle i've ever owned and it just got out of hand i was like well if i'm gonna add i got this blower laying around i'll throw that on there if i'm gonna add that i might as well build the motor and if i build the motor i need a better transmission so that I, you know put a Magnum 6060 in it and then so on and so forth. And I I think that uh, when I built that truck, I'm like, I'm huge about reliability. I mean, I've had so much lessons and so much learning from all the things we've done over the years of developing products to know what works and doesn't work. And I wanna go out and have fun. I don't wanna work on my vehicle. I'll work on Mm -hmm. it on my weekends, but when I go up there, I don't wanna be laying under my truck working on it. So. I built a vehicle I'm like a huge cooling system. I have a manual transmission cooler, an engine oil cooler, a power steering electric fan cooler, a supercharger after cooler fan, um, wow. and then I have you know, radiators in the rear. And everything was built so basically everything's cooled, everything's temperature controlled, because that's really the key with anything yeah. is controlling your temperatures. Um, yeah. And then everything I built, I'm like, well, I know I want to make some power, so I'm a built motor, and I built cranny, and then I got a built rear end, so everything is built, and, I, and somebody's like, well, I like burnouts. So like, hey, let's do the burnout contest, I was like, okay, well, you know, most guys just like cruise around in first gear, like, uh, let's see yeah. what third, let's just cruise around in third, you yeah. know, let's put some two. Uh, you know, and everyone does little little, little cookie cutter tires, and uh, when I'm doing burnouts, I start out with a brand new set of 275, uh, 35 18s. That's what gives you the most smoke. Even, you know, even the Aussies don't really run that big of tires. I don't know why they run small tires, but maybe it's a cost thing. I don't know. You can buy 18s uh, for relatively. I have a sponsor that helps me out with the tires because we go through so many. Um
0: yeah. Corey, was, uh, but, somebody was asking how you can afford tires doing all them burnouts.
1: Well, like, <laughs> uh, fortunately for me, as I... I, I I think about it strategically and I put a lot of effort to winning. Um, yeah. So I don't just go out there like, Hey, I'm going to do a burnout. I plan out what I'm going to do. I maintain my vehicle. I make sure that I, I'm going to, it's going to happen when I want to happen. So yeah. it's not, it's getting more serious where I'm taking it as a serious, I really want to make burnouts like Australian level where they're doing judging and they're doing uh, you know, how long did you make that 60 second duration without blowing his tires and then how much control, how much smoke, um and yeah. then you know the the tip-ins. People see other people do burnouts, but when you see a burnout that's done, you know, by an Aussie or by somebody that's taking it seriously, it's it's a little different. And that and it kind of started out just somebody saying at Proving Grounds, I got my truck done. I was like, Hey, you could do the burnout contest. I like, well, I like burnouts, so yeah. Uh, and then I just if I just in my own true fashion, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Either I'm gonna blow something up or I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. And uh we went out there and just really started doing it, and then all of a sudden I everyone I stepped the game up there and then everyone basically just wants me to continue to do it. And then I just kind of got into the habit of doing it and keep upgrading my vehicle to make it more suitable for burnouts. But I mean, I sit on the, I sit on a 70, uh, 300 RPM rev limiter in a V8 for you, sometimes up to a minute, 30 seconds, I'm wide open throttle. So, I mean, that's a, right. that's not an easy feat to keep cool and keep yeah. from starting on fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. that, it, it takes a, you have to think about how you're going to build a vehicle like that because most like drag cars, they don't say wide open throttle that long. You know, they right. just need to cool and they're moving, you know, they're going yeah. down the drag strip at a you know, hundred right. something miles an hour. I'm maybe, I mean, sometimes it could go in like 40 to a tip in, but right. 40, 50 miles an hour, but you're usually going pretty slow. Yeah. Um. So you don't get any airflow plus rubber doesn't cool very well. Not really. <laughs> rubber Not air, really. Uh. you get clogs everything up. So Um, And that's kind of how I got into burnouts. And I just, I I'm in love with them. That's all I want to do. I'm a huge, I like doing rolling burnouts. I like doing, you know, the, the burnouts and burnout pads. I mean, I've, I've only lost one burnout. And since the last like three years, I've been doing it. I've only lost one competition. And I, the one I lost, I think I actually had the highest views. I think I did the best burnout I've ever done in that one, but it was the, 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 the judge at the time confused the crowd, but I'll take a loss but I've, i'm pretty much undefeated another guy didn't even blow his tires so i blew both of mine but you know it's sometimes the way it goes but yeah my goal is to i want to build a uh, build a brand I, maybe not a brand but i want to build a, an australian level burnouts in america i want to i want to go into places and you know people put serious money into right. it and yeah. and, and, and you'll know, go do that because it's just something something different i guess it's i want to do something different i mean i've done drag racing i i like off-roading a lot i have uh a turbocharged rock, rock crawler that I built. I like, I like, I'm huge into off-roading too, but yeah. Uh, burnouts are my jam. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so so much
0: so that he, well, his S10 was being worked on, he had to build another truck, another LS powered truck, you know, just in case
1: <laughs> I do have S-10 another wasn't
0: one. Done. So, Charlie, you might even, you might not even know that, that Kyle
1: has like a backup daily burnout truck too. Of
0: course. I mean, in case your other burnout truck breaks down, how else are you going to do burnouts?
1: Exactly. I do have I do have an LS uh, LS3 swapped uh, Colorado, okay. uh, with a six L90 uh, six speed swap in it transmission. That that actually is what actually started the really big burnout craze. I we did a burnout uh, just like me and my brother were joking. My brother's kind of good at videoing and he knows how to kind of set you up to make it look good. He's got an eye for it. Um, kind of yeah. like Bloom does. He's got he got that eye. He knows exactly what to do. He's like, you look, do it this way, look this way. And then, you know, and then he, he's like, just go do a burnout. I'm like, why not? Let's yeah. go do a burnout. Why not? I think it was like Thanksgiving weekend. And then we did one and then we ended up getting it shared everywhere. And I think it had, you know, a, a million, over a million views. I mean, it's just like a, a Facebook thing, a little, just some doing right. a burnout in my Colorado. Cause that's just, you yeah. know, and then that's, you know, it's like, man, that's kind of cool. People are starting to recognize and then and then people are starting to enjoy it more. And I just, honestly, if, if it inspires somebody to have some fun, do a burnout. Everyone likes burnouts. Maybe not everybody, yeah. but most people like burnouts. They're never yeah. happier after they left them. So, and they're well, fun to watch.
0: like uh, something like a, <clears throat> more like a competition and things like that where there's, you know, more, uh, I guess, structured judging and things like that. You know, like everything kind of reaches a point. Any, I mean, anything has to be started that way. You know, somebody has to love it enough to structure it in a way that makes sense. And that's how, you know, any type of racing, I'm sure, kind of started. Somebody liked to go fast. That's how Drake, you know, like someone wanted to go fast in a straight line, race to the next stoplight. See, NASCAR happened because they had to get away from the cops with all the booze in the NASCAR car. So not booze all of it. those. But it was it was born out of necessity, you know? People needed were giving, the booze. Yeah, they needed the booze. But no, it's I huge. mean again, I think that I think that if it's there's definitely enough people who enjoy it for it to be a thing. I think that uh, we could. I think that, I think that you're just the guy to make something like that happen.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping. So I think that if uh, I've seen a lot of people are getting a lot better every year, they're, they're getting better and they're trying harder. I'm also every year I'm like, yeah. what do I need to do so I can try to win? You know what I mean? It's, it's not a yeah. guarantee. What do what, what do I have to do to, to put one more element in it to, to make it harder to, you know, harder for people or yeah you know and it's it, it it I think about it a lot I I think about it, I wish I had a place to practice and give me a little bit more offset but if uh I think I'll get arrested if I do that what I do <laughs> at a burnout contest on the street I mean my car my truck's pretty rowdy when it comes to and, and last year power cruise we had all the Aussies out there and uh one of the an editor for like a burnout magazine said uh, he gave me a lot of positive encouragement. He gave me some lessons. He told me, you know, he do a little of this, do a little bit more of that, but he encouraged me. He's like, you should come over to Ozzy. He goes, he, he goes, you come on Australia. I bet you could place in the top 16. So that was very encouraging to me, yeah. uh, from, from a guy that runs a burnout magazine, right. uh, to tell me that, uh, you know, my truck sounds like an Aussie burnout car. And I'm like, well, it's an American one, but I'll You're take right.
0: it. Yeah. That's, that's a good compliment <laughs> from him.
1: Yeah. I'll take it. I, 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 I would, I would love to bring my truck to Australia and, and go, Go to a park who's burnout contest over there. It's pretty serious. They pay. Last year, I think he said that he paid a hundred thousand dollars to the winner of the burnout contest. So I mean, when it comes to a serious sport, yeah, I mean uh, that doesn't get much more serious than a hundred grand. Yeah, which I think is insane. I mean, they have multiple rounds they have to go through, and their judging is pretty strict. So I'd have to learn the rules, but it's yeah. it's yeah, Australians that they get down with burnouts. That it's a good time.
0: It's <laughs> like so we got to get you some vacation time
1: to go there. Then. No, I just got to get my thing in a container and not get it taken away. That's the thing I'm worried about. Long trip.
0: Well, There's- I got one more question for you before we wrap things up today. I know we had some other questions in the comments, but I know you're busy and we all got stuff going on. We're going to definitely save these for another time because these are really good questions. But, but what I had a question for you was, you know, with all these different things that you've done outside of, you know, map now, um, you know, like you've been building cars since you were what, four, 12, four, you've been driving since you were 12, building, <laughs> building cars since you were 15. You know, you've been doing all these different things. You know, you have this crazy burnout trucks with an insane amount of thought behind them. How does that k- kind of relay into what you do at map? Um, you know, I know a lot of it definitely carries over, but I mean, what have you found as far as like parallels or how does it help you on, on that sort of front?
1: I guess the uh, the the passion of building of mine, the way I look at it is, if I'm working in the I, working in my shop on the weekends, I'm learning. I'm always learning. Every time you try something new, you're going to learn. You're going to learn yeah. what doesn't work, what works, and all of that reliability. I've learned a lot. I mean, the skills I've you know I fostered or bolstered you know at M Performance, you know, from the skill set of everybody. You know, we collaborate as a team. We have a, a bunch of really skilled people, and everybody has a different approach to how to build something. Yep. That if you take a bunch of smart people that build things all the time and you put them in a room, you can come up with something really good, the knowledge, the combined knowledge. And like I say, I work a lot building stuff and I learn things and I try to apply them into what did or didn't work in um, what I'm doing. Uh, they all apply. I mean, if, yeah. uh, you know, from, from welding techniques to how you route exhaust to, uh, um, I'm a huge airflow guy. So everything to me is sure. all about airflow. I mean, everything I do is all about you know, it's an air pump and it's pumping air. So the right. least restriction you can make uh, air pump, the, you know, the better the air pumps are going to perform. So sure. I look at it from every angle for liability. I mean, my, my truck has been doing, burnouts, has been doing that for, I mean, now I'm going on my fourth year, I think my fourth year of doing it. And I and I haven't done really any major maintenance to it. I mean, I've changed the oil, um, right. but I haven't, I mean, replaced the clutch and changed my oil. And I play some synchros in my transmission from, you know, no lifting third and fourth during burnouts it's hard on it um, yeah. <laughs> um but besides that i mean the engine stayed together i mean that engine's built you know it was built in house i built the i built the long block um but uh, one of our engine machinists here blueprinted and you know machined and built the short block for me uh, and then built my cylinder heads i just like to, i like to assemble them um yeah. so yeah but that's just a testament to the, you know, the skill set we have in this building i mean without you know we learned something from all that he's always chomping the bit trying to get me to take my engine out so he can look at it. He's like, I want to see what you, what, what happened to it. you yeah. beat on it so hard. And, 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 you know, that's the first question everybody asked me, how often do you replace your engine? And I'm like, I don't, it just, I mean, eventually it's going to explode. I mean, it's inevitable. At yeah. At, at, you know, at the, what, what I'm doing to it. It's not nice. It stays cool though. And it runs, I can do a burnout for a minute, 30 seconds on I mean, a truck, makes seven fifty wheel horsepower and I can stay wide open throttle, I mean, for a minute 30 and it doesn't get over 180 degrees. So, I mean, that's a Absolutely test, insane to really big radiator and five gallons coolant and really yeah. big fans uh, is, is how that happens. But it gets so hot under the engine. The biggest thing I had to worry about on that is fire um, because the header glows almost white. Um, it's <laughs> got an eight to one header on it. Um, I, I built it, you know, use some of our Mando bends here and built it at my house. Um, and I think Corey was asking
0: if you're going to move away from the
1: 8-to-1 header. No, I'm going to leave the 8-to-1 header on there. I, I have plans if I can get it done. I mean, obviously, I don't have very much time these days. If I can get it done, I'm going to run full 4-inch exhaust all the way out the back. I did a fender dump originally because I just wanted to get it done, and it's okay. kind of stayed that way. Um, I love the 8-to-1 header because who doesn't have an LS-swapped S10 uh, in, this, in the world? I wanted something different, and 8-to-1 headers... They're so hard to make that a lot of people it's hard for somebody to emulate it because it takes a lot of dedication. I think that, you right. know, I, I consider myself a pretty skilled fabricator and it yeah. took me 45 hours to make because um, it's sequential fire. So it's got to follow the firing order. you got to make it all come apart in the truck. So yeah. You take it out. I have inner fenders that I want to keep in my truck. So a lot of engineering and time went into building that. And I, a lot of people aren't willing to dedicate that much to just exhaust. But I'm like, I want it to sound different and be different than a normal S10 because I just like little trucks. They don't make very many little trucks anymore. So that's the reason I built it. I want a, I'm a huge yeah. truck guy um, when it comes, to, I like fast trucks and uh, it, I want a smaller truck though. I don't want to be real cruiser on a full size. It takes way too right. much power.
0: Yeah. Well, and, I mean, just for, for, again, I mean, 45 hours for that header. I mean, that's a lot of time. I mean, for a, that's more work than a lot of people do in a week at their
1: job. you know know,
0: that's just insane Uh, it's more than a full week's worth of work for most people
1: that's just one item and and, and in my my truck there i don't think i i mean i buy parts not a single part i mean my front suspension's all custom made my frames custom made my rear suspension's custom made my header my engine position there's nothing my it's got a rack and pinion it steers i think my truck steers uh 55 or 60 degrees of steering angle with uh 285 tires on it it's yeah. got C6, Z06 spindles and brakes all around. Um, so everything I've ever built in that truck is, everything's custom. I don't get to, I don't buy parts. I mean, I kind of wish at some point yeah. that I was like, hey, let's get a vehicle I can just buy parts for. I would take, because <laughs> it gets, uh, you wear out your angle grinder. It's all I do is, if, if somebody asks me the number one thing I do in my garage, I, I grind tabs with a four and a half inch grinder. <laughs> I'm making a tab of some sort. And after I, this year I just bought myself, I uh, I sold some engines and I bought myself a, a CNC plasma table, a little hobby one for my garage. Cause I, that's the number one thing that I'm sick of is making tabs by hand. <laughs> Cause that's all my whole truck let's get a piece of paper out, let's cut it out and let's scribe some lines and let's get the four and a half inch grinder. And it works. it's the best uh, tool for the job. I have a plasma, I have a band cell, but by far the four and a half inch grinder is the tool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just so much work that goes into it and so many late nights and early mornings, things like that to just pull it together. I mean, and you're I mean you're 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 always at the shop working too. I mean, so I can't imagine where you find the time to work on these cars. Uh, especially because again, there's hardly, if anything, that's just bought and put on the vehicle itself. So I applaud you. That's that's <laughs> the, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's my hobby. I mean, everyone's got something, that's my thing. So if I if I'm not working at the shop, I'm thinking about working on my truck. And if I'm not I'm anywhere else, I'm you know I, I like working on stuff, it's fun. And and honestly, for me uh, I like to foster. I have a bunch of friends that I, you know, we build their cars too in my garage. Yeah. And that like camaraderie between friends, um, yeah. is it's most about the experience to me. It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're doing it with. And honestly, with my friends, we we hang out, we drink some beers, we build a bunch of cool stuff. We go out to power crews, we go to these events and just have a good time. My brother does a yeah. lot of drifting and and my brother's a driver, not a builder. He'll build stuff, but he definitely likes driving way more than building. Um, yeah. he's, an, he's a really good driver, but yeah, so... Yeah. And I love that to have my, you know, my brother's one of my good friends, and another of my good friends is build another LSA swapped S10. He's seen my stuff, he's copying my S10 and putting it into his Colorado, uh, so he could do burnouts and stuff like that. He goes, he he just thought that's the most fun. He we drove my truck one time. I let him drive it at Power Cruise last year. Uh, he drove it one time, and he goes, whatever you got, I want. Like what? Yeah. Like, he goes, I I'm going to get i I'm going to get a loan. Wh- wh- let's do this. <laughs> How much money
0: do I need? Just tell me.
1: Yeah, he drove it once. He's like, that's the most fun I've ever had at power Cruise. He's been to every single one. He goes, you just need the right vehicle. So, I, I like I like being able to uh to you know be inspired and inspire others to to build stuff because honestly, it, it's it's so fun and it, it keeps you out of trouble to be honest with you keeps yeah. you keeps you doing something and you're always learning and that's the thing is you, the more you do it the more you learn and I think that's very important uh, in this day and age uh, to people to, all the crazy world to focus on something that gives you enjoyment not always pain. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh Well, Kyle, thanks again for, you know, making the time to jump on here and just, you know, talk for a bit. And I, I mean, we were able to help some customers out too that had some questions in the chat. So I'm glad we were collectively able to provide some feedback to everybody here who is joining us. Um If you guys have any other questions for Kyle, leave them for us in the comments below. And we'll can them for maybe a round two with Kyle if we get enough. of So <laughs> um anyways man i really really appreciate it thanks for you know everything that you're doing at the shop i know that my job wouldn't exist if you weren't working as hard as you do so i definitely appreciate it
1: yeah you guys are killing it too though all these videos this stuff's awesome so Keep it up,
0: it's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man.
1: Well, anyways, guys, that's where we're gonna
0: end it today. Like I said, if you have anything else that you wanna add or any questions that you have, leave it in the comments for us. We'll circle back another time. Um, And if, like I said, if there's enough of them, maybe Kyle will do a round two. And there you have it, guys. Hopefully you learned something that you can either take with you into the garage or bring with you to the track. Tune in next week for another episode. We'll see you then. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay.